0: Amen. Amen. Is God good to you today? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here. My name is Pastor Adam Harold. If you've never been here before, thank you so much for, for joining us on this more than Mother's Day. Uh, my baby mama and I lead this church together as a team. Uh, she was just up here, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a joy to be able to, to serve you and uh to do it with with her like i just i love her so much and i'm I, i she just makes me so much better so uh thank you thank you thank you for being here today well today we celebrate mother's day we call it more than mother's day because it's not just about the moms it is about the moms but it's about all you ladies in the house and uh, we want to celebrate everyone because, like Tanya said, uh, you know, there's a lot of feeling, there's a lot of emotion that comes with with Mother's Day, um, especially Mother's Day. I think she hit it on the head when she said there's there's emotion with every holiday, but especially Mother's Day and Father's Day. And um, I believe Satan's trying to steal that from from moms and dads, and we're not going to let him. Uh, so so with that said even though we celebrate more than Mother's Day and we make it more than just about moms, that's not to take anything away from moms. Moms are so special. And I hope that today's message will help you understand scripturally, according to God's word, just why moms are so special. And, um, and, and before I, I get into that, Um, I just want to say, you know, today is is about your mom. So uh, I got a little choked up when I started talking about if your mom is here in this church or in this in this house or or in this state or in this in this town. Make sure you love on your mama today. Like uh, I got choked up because my mom's in Illinois and I don't. I don't have the ability to give my mom a hug today. I wish I could. I'll probably call her on FaceTime later. Thank you, technology, for being able to to see your face today. But um, she means she means the world to me. I wouldn't be the man that I am without her. I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't be in touch with my, my emotions the way that I am. <laughs> without her. If you've ever met my mom, you know that I get my tears from her and my soft, tender heart. I get for a little bit from my dad too, but uh, definitely from her. And um, I, I just, I, I love her so much. And I hope that you love your mom today. So if your mom's in the house, uh, feel free to uh, walk over, give her a hug, uh, you know, give her a kiss on the cheek. And uh, you're free to do that at Any moment in this service, because uh, it is more than Mother's Day, but today is about your mom. So you wouldn't be here without her. So make sure that you love on her this morning. Uh, About a week and a half ago, Tanya and I went for a walk with uh, one of our dogs, Bentley. Uh, She's a yellow lab. She's beautiful. And she's, she's stubborn. And uh, we, were, we were walking, uh, Bentley, and, and I, I brought up Mother's Day and Father's Day to Tanya. Because believe it or not, we talk about church all the time. I was just talking with someone out in the lobby earlier in our commons area. about They were like, man, Pastor Adam, I want you to know, since we've been coming to this church, like we can't stop talking about church. And we're like, yeah, guess what? We always talk about church too. That's the great thing when you love something. When you love something, you talk about it. And hopefully, hopefully you can make the connection that this isn't just about the Refuge Church, but this is about the Holy Spirit that leads this church alongside of us. It's about Jesus and about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that we follow. Because he is worthy of all of our attention, and so we were ta- we were on our on our dog walk, and uh, I, I brought up Mother's Day and Father's Day to her, and uh, I said, you know, this year. We've done different things for Mother's Day and Father's Day. In the past, on Mother's Day, you have spoken to, you know, because it, it, it's it's the female thing, you know, and and and, and on, on Father's Day, I would I would talk on Father's Day, I'd preach on Father's Day. But this year I want I really feel like like God is is showing me in my walk, in my life, that we have to be countercultural that as as followers of Jesus we have to counter the culture and and i i get this sense from culture that you know culture says um that that women have to have a loud voice and and they do they do deserve a loud voice but what i believe is i believe that this morning women need to hear a man's voice they need to hear a man stand up and say, God's word says you are loved and you are valuable. And that your value isn't based on the choices that you have. Your value is based on the God that you serve. Culture and Satan want us to believe that value comes with a choice. It doesn't. You comes in who God says you are and and so I said to Tanya, I said, I think I want to talk on mother's day and I, and I and and by the way, fellas if ma- if women need to hear a man man's voice, then we need to hear a female's voice and so for Father's Day, Tanya's gonna speak on fatherhood uh, which will be fun right so um but as we're walking, Tanya's creative juices just start to flow, and uh, she says, hey, we could do a two-part two series that's eight weeks apart, and we could call it The Hood, and we could ta- you could talk about motherhood, and I could, I'll talk about fatherhood, and I was like, that's a great idea. How many weeks are there between Father's Day and Mother's Day? And I was like, you know, that's, quite, that's some space. Like, there's quite a bit of space there. Normally, we'll do a, a, a series of about three or four weeks at a time. And so I was like, you know what, let's get out the calendar and, and and check and see what um what the distance is from Mother's Day to Father's Day and it is 8 weeks. And so I was like 8 weeks, Mother's Day, Father's fatherhood, motherhood, and I was like the hood, I was like okay, so this is I'm I'm letting you in uh, in my brain which is a really scary place to be, but I'm like motherhood, brotherhood, sisterhood, livelihood, priesthood. Okay. So welcome to The Hood, week one. It'll be an eight-week series that we're talking about all things hood, and uh, hopefully you learned something from it. We're talking about the best hood of all this morning, because you wouldn't be her, here without her. We're talking about motherhood. Um, you know, as I was saying, every woman has value. And, and so we want in, in, in our church, in the refuge, I said it last week, we want, we want both a mother's voice and a father's voice. So many churches, I, I read a quote this last week that said that um, we have in our country fatherless homes and motherless churches. And it's right the, the church has taken away the voice of the, of the mom, the voice of the mother. And we can talk about scripture and all of that. I, I don't believe that, that the Bible is, when the Bible talks about women being silent in church, I don't believe that it's saying that you need to take the microphone away from her. It's not what it means. And I'm not going to get into the whole deep study into that this morning. That's not what this is about. But it is about valuing women, valuing them them the way that God sees them, the way that we believe God sees them. And so because of that, we want women to know that you have a voice in this church. We want to help you share your story kind of like this.
1: I don't know if I'm alone in this, but my life has not gone the way I expected. Shortly after I turned 21, uh, right before I graduated college, um, I found out I was pregnant. Um, We talked about it, and we made a decision, and um, even though I knew in my heart it wasn't right, um, I couldn't come to terms with letting my parents know or disappointing people um, or really having my life turn around. So uh, we went to Planned Parenthood, I took an abortion pill, and um, it ended it all. Slowly as the weeks and the months went by, I um, just thought about what I had done and it led to regret, and regret led to guilt, and guilt led to shame, Um, and it tore me apart for years. and it wasn't until I held my son, that I looked in his eyes and I thought, what did I do? So, um, when you choose to do something and you actually affect and take someone's life, um, it rocks you. I felt it like I was in a dark place for a long time, but it wasn't until a friend invited me to a Bible study. It was my first Bible study and I was in my early 30s really Um, and I'd gone to the Bible study for a few weeks and one of the women there she shared her testimony about having an abortion and it was like suddenly I didn't feel alone, I didn't feel like I had to hide it, I didn't feel like I could talk about it so um, I shared at that Bible study about my abortion and it was like this weight just fell for me So this friend then led me to um, a Bible study for post-abortive women called um, PACE, and it's at an organization called Alba in Portland. This Bible study led me through all all the phases of grief, relief, denial, anger, unforgiveness, closure. it was odd because, and I'm not sure if I'm the only one that felt this, but because I had had the abortion, because I chose to not have a child, I felt like I wasn't allowed to grieve. Miscarried babies, their mother's grief. Um, moms who lose their children who are alive, they grieve. But for some reason, because I chose it, I didn't feel like I had that opportunity or that ability. So many days that I think, you know, what would he look like? Um, Where would he be right now? What would he, um, who would he have blessed? Whose life would he have blessed um, that I stole? Um, But that is something that I had to leave at the cross um, and let Jesus deal with that.
0: Moms are special we're not with stories like that how can you How can you silence that? I've got goosebumps thinking about the way that God heals because Brooke is serving here this morning. she served already in our first service, and her family is growing and Only God can do that, but you have to allow him to do it. He doesn't force himself on anyone. That's not the kind of God that he is. And so today we value all women. And as we value women, I want you to know this morning That culture will teach you or tell you that abortion is a political issue. It's not. It's a spiritual issue. Culture will tell you that it's about Democrat and Republican. It's not. It's a spiritual issue. The Refuge Church is unapologetically pro-life. Because God is the God that promotes life in all things life. And Satan will want you to be convinced that your choice will bring you life. They don't. In fact, our choice actually brought us death when we look at God's word. And so we will be not a church with a bullhorn standing on the corner because we'll still be known what we're for, not what we're against. But for too long, the church has screamed with a bullhorn about babies, and, and even about how precious they are, and, and, and will yell scripture, but they never explain why motherhood is so sacred. They never teach. We, I, I haven't been in a church that has taught why the church is pro-life, why the, why the womb is sacred, why it's a sacred place. So today I'm going to do my very best to hopefully, according to God's word, not my word, but according to God's word, show you why we're pro-life. Moms are sacred. The womb is sacred. Not because it's a conservative issue. Because it's a spiritual issue. And Satan will do everything he can to rob you of a relationship with the God that loves you so much that he created you to worship him. So Psalm chapter 22 is where we're at this morning. We're not going anywhere else. So if you have your Bibles, you can get out your Bible. I told the first service, everyone has one of these And this is great because this is an access point to God's word. You can get on God's word on that. But not everyone has this because this is mine. This is mine. And everyone needs a Bible. Everyone needs your Bible. You need your Bible. Everyone has a phone. So I'm a little old school when it comes to getting out the paper Bible. To looking at it, and it's not because an inmate sent us a letter about a Bible this week. Is everybody needs a Bible. We're sending that guy a Bible, by the way. And we're not just sending one. We're going to send a case, right? Because all those men and women in the correctional facility need to know God's word. You need to know God's word because it will bring you life. I promise you. It's alive, it's active, it's quicker than any two-edged sword, piercing my heart, piercing my soul, getting rid of the things in my life that I don't need. And some of you guys are like, and that's why I don't have one. (laughs) You're better for one. Psalm chapter 22 is where we're at. Um... I'm going to read you verse one, and then I'm going to go back and tell you a story. Psalm 22, one says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are so you so far away from me when I groan for help? Last year, as I was studying this message, I remembered a, uh, a, a session with my therapist uh, who uh, as I was, as I was uh, in, in this session with him, and by the way, I think every pastor needs a therapist. Uh, every pastor needs a pastor, but every pastor needs a therapist. And um, my therapist, is named Sean, and he's phenomenal. Um, and uh, I was talking to him about just some pain in my life. And he said to me, Adam, um, anytime pain happens in your life, there are two choices that everyone has to make. The first choice is is loneliness. The second choice is connection. Anytime pain enters your life, you will have to choose loneliness or connection, one or the other. Can you guess which one brings healing? It's not being alone. Loneliness and abandonment isn't going to bring us Bring us. We're not going to get healed alone by ourselves. Maybe you're, maybe you're here this morning, you need prayed for. You can't do that stuff alone. At the end of every service, we have people that come forward that stand on both sides of me. I didn't say this in the first service, so I don't know who needs to hear it. But every week, we have people on our prayer team that come forward and stand to their sides. They don't do that so that everyone can see them. They do that so you can come forward if you need prayer, prayer for healing. Because if healing is going to come, you're going to have to connect with somebody. You're going to have to go to the throne room of Jesus with somebody, someone by your side that you can get connected to. Satan will tell you just to hold that stuff and keep it to yourself. Don't tell anybody your secrets. Nobody cares. They do care. They do care. You need connection because we all need healing. So Sean goes on to tell me that pain, you have two responses, connection or, or loneliness. But it's only through connection that you'll find healing. Only through connection. And then he said something that absolutely went he said, you'll never read the book of Psalms the same ever again. When you start reading the book of Psalms with connection and loneliness in mind, because let me tell you, in the book of Psalms, the people that wrote those, those books, that, that book, those chapters, King David wrote some of them. Moses wrote some of them. Moses wrote our favorite one, which is Psalm chapter 91. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Psalm chapter 91, where we get the name, the Refuge Church, that is right out of Psalm 91. And so uh, you do not, you do not read the book of Psalms the same when, when looking at, at connection and loneliness. And so in my reading, I was reading Psalm chapter 91 or Psalm, the book of Psalms. I had a Now I got Psalm 91 on my brain. Um, But I was reading the the book of Psalms in, in in my quiet time, and I stumbled upon Psalm chapter 22, and God said, Adam, this is why. God spoke to my heart in my reading with God. He said, this is why moms are so special. Because of Psalm chapter 22. And again, I read, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away from me? When I groan for help. You can follow along in today's notes in the U Version Bible app, by the way. If you don't have one of these, or maybe you have one of these and one of these, and you want to follow along in today's notes, um, they're on the U Version Bible app. You can follow along there. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Many people believe that Jesus was quoting David. On the cross when he hung between heaven and earth and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so David was feeling abandoned by God. But notice, I I noticed this in the first service when I was when I was preaching this, that it says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? But then he goes on and he says, why are you far away from me when I groan for help? So David was seeking God for connection He was doing it through prayer. He was groaning for help, but for some reason, he kept going back to his abandonment. He didn't go to connection. He went to his abandonment. He got in his feelings, y'all. He got all up in those feelings. You can't base your truth on your feelings. You have to run to God for connection, and God will lead you to truth. That's exactly what happened with David. He ran to God for his connection, but he got lost in his feelings, thinking about his abandonment, thinking about how he was feeling lonely. And then God shows him the place to go where he can find true connection. And we're going to read it in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about a guy that wrote a book by the name of No More Mr. Nice Guy. His name's uh, Dr. Robert Glover. And he wrote about kids, or in this chapter that I, that I was reading when I was reading No More Mr. Nice Guy, he wrote about how kids have two common characteristics. Number one, kids are, um, are helpless. Kids are helpless. Number two, kids are egocentric. Kids are helpless because guess what? They need somebody all the time. They need somebody with them all the time. All the time. They need someone with them. 100%, they are helpless. But they're also ego-centered because they often think that everything revolves around them. And guess what? Some of you do, too. (laughs) <laughs> I'm about to preach. <laughs> you might want to get out of them steel toe boots. You th- they think that everything revolves around them. And, and that they're, but, but they're ego, because they're ego-centered, but they're, but they're also helpless. So they need our help. You know what else is common about kids? Is that 100% of them in their life Because they are 100% dependent on other people, they will feel abandoned. They'll always feel abandoned because guess what? Mom, dad, hear me loud and clear you can't be there for them all the time. You can't, it's impossible. At some point, you gotta let them sleep in their own bed. Maybe I stepped on somebody's toes. I don't know. <laughs> they need you, but they need you to let them fly, Bertie. Fly. So a hundred percent of kids will experience abandonment. And when that happens, because they are ego-centered, do you know who they blame? A lot of y'all think that they blame you. They don't. They blame themselves. Because they will experience abandonment. They will experience blaming themselves. This is my fault. I've caused this abandonment. I've caused this loneliness. And guess what? When they realize <laughs> so they blame themselves for the abandonment, but who do they call for help? Who do they call for help? Mama. mama. They're not calling daddy. <laughs> They're calling mama. <laughs> there's a there's a joke by my favorite comedian. I didn't tell this in the first favorite Comedian Nate Bargatze. I'm gonna just summarize the whole joke for you because my mind went there and I just can't ignore it because I'm immature. <laughs> Nate Bargatze talks about the time that his daughter's school called him, and and how uh, because she'd forgotten something at home and they needed him to to come and help her or something like that. He says to her, <laughs> he says to the school, "Why are you calling me? I'm the dad." <laughs> they're like, well, we tried to call your, the, your wife, but she, she didn't pick up the phone. He's like, all right, so what's the name of the school? <laughs> <laughs> it is the funniest joke. You have to go back and listen to Nate Bargetti. He tells it a lot better than I do. But, but kids often will go to mom for help. So David gets all up in his feelings. He says, my God, my God, why are you abandoning me? Now, look at verse 9 and 10. Verse, verse 9 says, Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb. From my who? From my mom's womb. David said, God, why have you forgotten me? And he goes back to God, and he seeks him for connection. And where does God send him? To his mama. And he says, you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you from my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Listen to me. The bond between mothers, between motherhood and, and, and kids is that, that they are the connection to God. So, Today's big idea, if I have one big idea, one thing that I want you to get out of this whole Mother's Day message, it's this. 100% of human beings are to ne- connected to God through our mothers. Motherhood gives 100% of human beings a connection to God. You can't get away from your connection to God In the womb, you can't get away from it. Why do you think Satan wants to make the womb about a choice? Because in the womb, the baby has no choice but to be connected to God. The womb is sacred because it's the connection, it's the conduit from human to Jesus. Jesus. It's the connection. That's why the womb is under attack. Because Satan wants to steal everything he can from God. And he's doing it. We're allowing him to. Women, you're valuable. Because you are the connection that human beings have to God. Guess what? That's a connection that man cannot provide. That's a bond that you have with everyone that man cannot experience. Yeah, I said that. So, society, culture wants you to believe crazy things. That's why we need the truth of God's word. So where did David run to? He ran to he ran back to his mom's womb. And so This morning, I've got four things about the womb that I want to share with you real quickly before we're done. Number one, in the womb, there is destiny. In the womb, there is destiny. Because the womb is a sacred place, in the womb, there is destiny. Look at Isaiah chapter 41, verse 48, sorry, 49, verse 1. You need to get out the old Spectacles. Listen to me, all you in distant lands. Pay attention. You are far away. The Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb, he called me by name. In the womb, he called me by name. My son didn't have a name till two weeks before he was born. Guess what? God knew his name before I did. God knew my name before I knew my name, before my parents knew my name, before you knew your name. God called you by name in the womb. In the womb, there's destiny. In the book of Genesis, there's a story about um, a guy by the name of, of Isaac, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob um, there's a guy by the name of Isaac and, and his wife, Rebecca. Rebecca had two sons, twins, in the womb. There's, their names were Jacob and Esau. And it was in the womb that God told Rebecca that her sons would be the father of two nations. Because it's in the womb that God knows our destiny. It's out of the womb that we get to discover it. And it is so much fun when you try to discover the destiny that God has for you. So number one, in the womb, there's destiny. Number two, in the womb, there's formation. There's formation in the womb. Look at Psalm chapter 139, verse 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. We've all heard that one. It's a common pro life verse. You knit me together in my mother's womb. But why? Why is it a common pro life verse? Because in the womb is where we're formed by God, not by our moms, by God. He puts us together. Isaiah 49, 5 says, And now the Lord speaks, the one who formed me in my mother's womb to be the servant, to be his servant. Who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him? The Lord has honored me and my God has given me strength. Moms are special because they're the conduit of God's formation in our lives. They're the ones that allow God to form us into the people that who will become. God knew that Adam Harold would start the Refuge Church. Way back when I was in my mother's womb. He knew that. He knew everything about me. Because he loves me. Because he loves you. In the womb, there is formation. What's incredible about that is once the baby comes out of the womb, then the dads get to screw it up. No, that's not, that's not true. Dads, that's not true. Don't screw it up, please. But the dads get involved. And God's, God's desire for the marriage is that the two shall become one flesh and shall work together to form that baby. That's his plan. And then out of the womb, formation is about discipline and instruction, instructing the kids to follow this book discipline, instruction, and prayer. Some of you wouldn't be here without your mom praying for you. Some of you are hearing this message because your mama prayed for you, that you would hear a message about the gospel, that Jesus loved you so much that that he died in your place to forgive you of your sin, to bring you to connection with God. They prayed for you to have the connection with God that you had in the womb. Outside of the womb, they prayed for that formation in the womb. There's formation. Number three, three. In the womb, there is celebration. So one in the womb, there's destiny. Two, there's formation. Number three, there is celebration. I love this verse in Luke chapter one, verse forty-four, talking about John the Baptist. When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. That story is about Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, who's in his mom's womb named Martha. And Mary comes over to Martha's house and Martha goes, you're pregnant. (laughs) Mary's like, I didn't tell you I was pregnant. How'd you know I was pregnant? I felt the baby in my womb jump for joy. Listen, that's a feeling that mamas are only going to know. I, I don't know what that feels like. And all the moms went, oh, that was so nice. Now they're brats. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You thought they were brats when they were in there too. <laughs>
1: it's
0: a connection. There's formation. There's celebration. How many remember when uh, when gender reveals were a th- were a thing? <laughs> they're still a thing, but remember when gender reveals first started? According to Wikipedia, it was around 2008. 2008 was a time that uh, I and you know what I remembered it when I read that on Wikipedia. I was like, oh yeah, because my son was born in 2007 and we didn't do one uh, because they weren't a thing. And now they're a thing. And now they're who, like I don't even know if people do gender reveals anymore, but um, the reason people do those is because pregnancy should be celebrated. The reason it should be celebrated is because it's the, in the womb, there's, there's formation. In the womb, there's destiny. In the womb, there's connection. Connection to the creator. And so we celebrate celebrate. Finally, number three, uh, sorry, number four, can't, can't quite count. Um, there's celebration, so there's destiny, there's formation, there's celebration, and there is connection to God. You can't get away from it. You absolutely, positively cannot get away from the connection to God. You know what I love about, about the, the connection to God? In the womb, which, by the way, um, goes back to Psalm chapter 22, verse 9 through 10. I'm going to read it again. It says, Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb, and you led me to trust you at my mother's breast. And I was thrust into your arms at birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. In the Hebrew language that this verse was written in, the translators chose to go with the moment I was born. But truth be told, the Hebrew word for the moment I was born could accurately be translated to mean from the moment I was in my mama's belly. It was in the moment I was in my belly that. You've been my God. You've been my God since way back then. David was feeling abandoned. He was feeling alone. He went to God and he said, God, I've grown to you for help. And he seeks connection with God. And in the connection with God, God reminds him of the connection with his mother. And if that doesn't help you love your mom even more, then nothing else will. Because you're connected to God through her. The truth is, 100% of human beings need connection because connection is where healing takes place. But we need connected with God first. We need connected with people second. And guess what mom does? (laughs) Mom connects us to both. Isn't that cool? I said, isn't that cool? It's got quiet in this Catholic church. (laughs) Tell you what. I'm starting to think I put you to sleep. This is too good to fall asleep on. Moms are special. They connect us to God and people. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? He didn't abandon you in the womb. He's there. And you can't get away from it. You can't get away from the connection in the womb. That's, again, that's why I believe that's why Satan is trying to destroy it. He's trying to destroy the womb because God's winning in the womb. Let me just say, as I was, as I was thinking about this message, I thought about the millions of babies that have lost their life in the womb. I'm heartbroken for that. But you know where I find hope? I find hope in the fact that anytime we die with connection with God, anytime we die and we're connected to God, we go to be connected with Him in heaven. Anytime we die connected to God, We die, so I believe the millions of babies that have been aborted are in heaven to this day because they died connected to their creator. But you know what scares me? What scares me is the moment we come out of the womb, we lose that connection. And then it becomes our choice to live life connected to God or disconnected from God. As soon as we walk out of that womb, we're disconnected. So we have the need of giving our hearts back to Him so that we can be connected to Him. The question for you is are you connected? Stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. As we wrap up this series, this this message. The easy action step today is to call your mom, tell her you love her, tell her thank you. But I. I want a sacred moment for a minute. Can we just, can we have a, a, have a sacred moment together? Hey, Graham, do me a favor. Graham, turn those lights back on. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to be able to see your face. I want to, I want to, like people need connection. There's healing that takes place in connection. I, I can't connect very well with the with the lights out. So that's why I asked them to turn it back on. There has to be connection. And the truth is, is that with a room this size, there are people that are disconnected from God. It just happens. But healing comes place, come, takes place in connection. So with everyone head bowed, eyes closed, I want to ask you this question. How many of you, as boldly as you can, with the the most amount of courage, how many of you would say, Pastor Adam, I am disconnected from God right now, but I want to be connected to him? Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see the hand in the back. Thank you. I see it. Anybody else, Pastor Adam? That's me. I I am disconnected from God, but I want to be connected to Him today. Thank you. Now, if you raise your hand, this is step two. If you raise your hand. Every everyone's eyes are closed. They're they're they're. They're doing great. (laughs) But if you raise your hand and you you want that connection, maybe it's for the first time, maybe it's because you've lost it. Would you look at me? Would you would you just lift your head? Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. I see that. Thank you. Thank you. I believe that because you've acknowledged this, it's a sign of your heart. I want to lead you in a prayer to help you get connected. And you know what? I think it's so healthy for me, every day I get up to get connected to God. Truth is, we all need connected to God. So if you raised your hand and you looked up at me and you said... I want you just to tell me what this moment meant to you by filling out a card that's in front of you and give me your name and, and there's a couple options on the card that tell me how you like what, where, where you're at because truth be told, there's you're, everyone that looked up to me, there was about five or six of you everyone that looked up to me is, are in different places On that card you can tell me where you're at. I'd love to, love to hear it. But 100% of people need to be connected to God. So I want to invite the whole house, all of you, whether you raise your hand and lift it, looked up or not, to say this prayer out loud with all of us so that we can be connected to God today. Say, God, I know I need you. I want to be connected to you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. Shedding his blood to forgive me of my sins. Coming back to life to give me life. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit would come and live inside of me so that I can live for you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Is God good this morning? I said is God good this morning. It's been a great day. In the house of God, we're going to sing a song together, and then you're going to go call your mama and tell her you love her, and then you're going to have a great day.